0: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. It's AJ, and it's always super fabulous to have you join me with your ears. And today I wanted to talk about a topic that really is kind of hot on my lips at the moment, and maybe it might fall and land well on your ears, and that is conscious human leadership. And in thinking about conscious human leadership, I wanted to think about who are some of the people that I see in the world in corporate circles that are doing great things when it comes to being more of a conscious human leader. And one of the first people that came to mind was the delicious Sam Martin-Williams. So I have her on the line with us right now. G'day, Sam. Hi, AJ. What a lovely introduction. Thank you. It's awesome to have you join us. Um, And I'm not going to read a whole bio about Sam, but I will let you know that she has got plenty of rungs on the board when it comes to working in corporate world. Um, I've had the opportunity to work with Sam a couple of times and I know that she's kicked all the goals that I've ever heard her set for herself. So this is one focused lady. She is currently a non-executive director on a range of boards And I know that what matters to Sam a lot is making an impact and making a difference and doing good in the world, not just uh, earning corporate dollars and making organisations successful, but for the right reasons. And that's why I wanted to bring her on and have a chat about what is conscious human leadership. But first, Sam, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? And I'd love you to avoid the resume kind of rehash if you don't mind.
1: (laughs) so first in my family to go to uni uh, very you know humble beginnings in Maitland where we were from and I'm an only child um so off I went to uni really enjoyed uni went to our the local university here at Newcastle and did my first degree um but one of the things that I I often um have a bit of a giggle at is um I remember getting my first assignment back from university and in those days you used to type it on a typewriter which is just unbelievable when I think about the amount of liquid paper I used when I was submitting assessments but I remember I got five out of 20 and um, this particular lecturer said um, young lady you need to think whether you 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 want to be at university or not and uh, I took that home to my mum and dad who um, uh, had not of course been to uni but they read that and they were just beside themselves that um, I could be so bad (laughs) And, wow uh, I remember a bit of a come to Jesus moment, come to Jesus moment with my fat with my mother and father at that stage about whether I want to be at the university or not because mm. when I was at school I used to write in the diaries at school that I wanted to be a, a Dj or a butcher so maybe maybe <laughs> I, maybe uni wasn't the right set, setting for me <laughs> oh dear as um, it turns out
0: as it turns out I stayed I stayed and uh, and, and, uh, and and the rest is history but um yeah, it wasn't a great start wow and you said your first degree so it sounds like you have multiple or others I do I did I did a business degree
1: originally and then uh, did a master's in industrial relations human resource management I think maybe when that's sort of when you and I may, may first come in um in in touch with one another and then eventually did what I I really wanted to do which was a master's of the commercial law quarry so um uh, done that, and then really enjoyed um, more recently. Um, you know, in the last ten or fifteen years, you know, heading off to places like NCAD and Harvard, and, and working a little bit more informally with mentors and coaches um, to, to to just keep that top, topping up that you know topping up that learning.
0: Yeah, and there's so much we can learn on the job or through others and mentors, and not just formal education. And that's what I was saying when I said Sam's got runs on the board. But I remember seeing. Photos and images and, and reading some of your articles and posts on LinkedIn when you did do some of that travel and mentoring and, and group work with other leaders around the world. What's some of the richest experiences you've had from that?
1: Of the most recent it was um, pre-pandemic when we had an opportunity, 30 women business leaders from Australia to head to Silicon Valley and ha- have a look at the small Startups and right through to the big businesses, Walmart, Google, um, Amazon, to, to, to see what they were doing in the area of um, uh, diversity, um, ESG, having a look at how tech was used for good, um, and uh, and what they were doing to sort of transform their their workforce. Um, so 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 people first, tech second, but a real transformation of the business. And that that tour in 2019, AJ, that was fantastic. There were some incredible women in their own right that were on that tour. Pip Marlow, now the CEO at Salesforce, she 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 hosted the tour. But um, there was some terrific women, and there was a, an opportunity to share experiences, those that have, haven't been so positive, and and those that were positive, but also to learn in an environment, you know, that took you away from that 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 day to day rigor. Um, and you were able to have a clear mind and and, uh, engage in a way that um, was was really meaningful and and valuable. Um, And I was able to bring a couple of those learnings back to the boards that I'm on um, here in Australia.
0: Mm -hmm. Fantastic. And I know um, probably 2018, I think, I went um, and I was in Vegas and I went and saw Zappos, um, which is a huge online clothing retailer, Um, and went around with their HR director and saw some of their hiring practices, the fact that they had really high staff retention, even though a lot of their staff were unskilled call centre workers, I guess you would say, but the amount of effort that they put into their values, their culture, and actually living and breathing it every day, not just making it token, it's so incredible when you get to immerse in something like that, isn't it, not just read about it hear about it watch it online so um i love hearing about your experience in silicon valley there's always more we can learn from seeing what others are up to and bringing that back to our own spaces and places and i think hearing you talk about that you know tech for good diversity and inclusion and those sorts of things it really does segue nice into today's topic which is about conscious human leadership um, and I know you've recently seen a white paper that myself and my colleagues, Michelle and Jenny Lee, have written about conscious human leadership and starting to bring that more to the fore. What does that term mean to you when you hear me mention that? What, what does it bring to mind for you? Look, it's, first of all, the white paper was enormously interesting
1: because it actually it really synthesises um, in a holistic way so many different pieces of, of, of research um, it's it's data driven and but it's also it's also intuitive so i really enjoyed it. the one thing that jumps out for me about about this leadership style and why this leadership style is going to be if not the most important thing that you can do in a business you know it's self awareness um a deep self-awareness of the things that uh, you are good at, your preferences, your strengths, um, and, and, and uh, also some of the areas of vulnerability or, you know, how you might perform in stress. So I, th- I think that self-awareness is a really important part of, of conscious human leadership. I, I think the second, the second really important concept is a genuine growth mindset. You know, do you really want to learn? Um, are you open to change? Um, You know, do you really want to shift practices that um, have defined you, your personal brand and your business brand for so long, you know, but do you have got a genuine, a genuine, um, you know, an authentic need to to shift and I think a growth mindset um, puts you in that position that you you can shift and adapt and, and, and and be vulnerable if that, if that, um, if that change doesn't actually you know, bring you the results that you're actually looking for. So they were two really important concepts, self-awareness and growth mindset that I saw in and around this particular conscious human leadership piece.
0: Yeah, beautiful. And I think, you know, Carol Dweck's work around, or Dweck, her work around growth mindset has really set the standard for what does that exactly mean. And it doesn't just mean doing stuff a little bit differently. It is about making that stretch and that reach. And that probably aligns really well with um, what we call self actualized thinking, which also um, ties into the human synergistics SDI model. And that self-actualized thinking—it's interesting. All the research that human synergistics have done shows that out of all of the kinds of leadership styles and skills we can have, the more self-actualized a CEO or leader is, the more profitable, sustainable, and um, better an organisation is—for one of a better term. So someone who's self-actualized when they're in a leadership position actually pulls the whole organization up with them. Um, They become more magnetic, they're far more aligned, and they do have more of that growth mindset and the internal driver that is creative, confident, and optimistic. So I think you've you've obviously been able to capture, you know, and capture the whole paper in just what you've said, which is awesome. So um, I'm glad it resonated like that. Um, And and I think as we face the future of work, and we move into changing times, and we hear people talk a lot about how COVID has affected the world. And now, you know, there are wars and, you know, a lot of disarray happening around the world. I think more than ever, people are looking for extraordinary leaders. They're They're looking for people to show them the way and the fact that leaders are such an important influence on their culture or team, like they really do set the tone and you even as a director on boards are involved in that shaping. Um, I'm curious about with the future of work, what else do you see or is there anything else you see that leaders need to have and should be maybe turning their lens towards more when it Comes to leading our organisations through these troubled waters. You know, I, it's interesting.
1: I wrote something on LinkedIn yesterday, um, and it was around um, you know really understanding the values of your staff. So, so you know, rather than this this, this traditional pyramid of the CEO at the top or the board above the CEO and. And then and then you know the, the dispersed workforce, you know, it's it's this real bottom-up drive at the moment in and around the values and the 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 um the principles that drive your workforce and understanding them mm. in a real in in, in in a truly authentic way, being interested to actually understand them, mm. um that that will will help connect you with those that are currently there, understand what keeps them there, but then understand also how you will attract other talent from outside the business. But it's their, it's their values and understanding what matters to them that's that's going to be so important. You know, I, I heard an interesting stat yesterday and um, it was, you know, in general terms, 86% of um, travel has resumed in the States, air travel, uh, to pre-COVID levels, 90% of hospitality and, and, and restaurants have come back online. They, they, they are voting with their feet and saying, look, the stuff that we had during the pandemic, whether it was you know doing less travel and having more meaningful time, we don't want you to take that stuff away from us now. We don't want to go back into the office. Um, we want to get outcomes for the business, but we also want to retain the things now that we've, we've um, really seen great value in over the pandemic. So this is going to be... Uh, a, a real challenge for CEOs and for boards, AJ, that that mm. are, 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 are thinking about going back to the previous playbook. I mean that the best yeah. practice previous playbooks don't, don't work at in in times of you know emerging. A, a this this is this is a truly different time. You know, post post floods and post fires and pandemic and wars. You know, if you put all that together, a lot a lot of people are now looking for a a different blend. And I really think that's going to be a super challenge for for, uh, non-executives at board level Mm -hmm. and also for, uh, you know, C-suite and and leadership generally across the business.
0: Yeah, and I, I couldn't agree more. And it's interesting hearing those stats. I was actually listening to a podcast interview that Rich Roll, um, who is a vegan athlete, did recently with Marianne Williamson. And you may or may not be familiar with Marianne Williamson. She's, um, you know, formerly more of a spiritual teacher and leader and also ran for president in America. So um, and she was talking a lot about... I guess, the devolution that's happening, that it's not a revolution, it's a devolution, and was saying that as leaders we really need to be wholehearted, that there is some need for not just small incremental change or saying, you know, best practice is that we, you know, plan something, do something, check, review, and then try again, you know, or tweak. She's saying we need to throw a lot of how we use the lead completely out, that it came from the Industrial Revolution and that we're so far past that, um, her belief is throw a lot of it out, that there needs to be a devolution and that we need to reinvent a whole new way of leading. And and also that um, the concept of spirituality, of heart-led leadership and of humanity, which is what we're talking about with conscious human leaders, that you bring your whole self to work and so do your employees, that we really do need to be considerate of all those things and not just be from the intellect, from the head and purely on bottom line. That, you know, Mother Earth even, the planet and the way we use her resources can no longer sustain that and can't sustain small tweaks and improvements in carbon emissions or things like that. Um, So I think you're... It sounds like you're very much on the same page with us. And, and I guess we could get into a bit too much of a, a high level discussion. I'd love to get down a bit granular and just ask you, is there a leader at the moment that you see doing that well? Or is there a leader who has had an impact shaping you and your leadership so that we can get more into the tangible for people who are listening in? Yeah, look, um lots of
1: influences um. Informal and formal, mm. lots of you know big ticket names that mm-hmm. you know would be in that leadership category, and and some that you know your your listeners and your um ecosystem you know wouldn't wouldn't know because they're close to me. But just a couple of key characteristics though is that if they try something and it doesn't work, I've learned and 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 they have helped me not not focus on the bit that didn't work, but just focus on okay, well that that was one option let's try something else you know and and Mm -hmm. and and that iterative positive thinking um about trying different things optionality and Mm -hmm. being open to optionality as a leader um that, that doesn't mean that you can't make decisions it doesn't mean that you aren't clear and and uh and and um you know, have have those particular characteristics. But you, you do need optionality and you do need to be able to pull yourself up and say, oh, I don't need to complete this because it's actually not working. All of the indicators that are both, you know, uh, hard indicators and soft indicators mm.
0: that,
1: that you're really tuned into, you know, this isn't really working, I, ne- I need to take some advice. So that that openness to take a bit of advice um, is also yes. a key part, I think, of... of, of, of of successful it's successful leadership you know it's it's funny a lot a, a lot of people maybe have to learn this a lot of people innately just have these qualities mm. um and and what I've learned over my executive and non-executive career is that making assumptions that everyone is is is, is sort of the same as me <laughs> is, mm. is not correct that's why you know a diagnostic based approach you know it, it it does help with language it does help with understanding differences and that's that's what I really like about um about what you're doing with the white paper with conscious human leadership is, is it is grounded in, in 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 diagnostic that gives you a bit of an understanding of different styles and can and can, can can challenge you in ways to communicate verbally non-verbally um to get outcomes with people that aren't the same as yourself yeah
0: yeah beautiful and Yeah, because a lot of the white paper is based on the LSI, which, as I said, is human synergistics tool. You know, they talk a lot about people who are more red or green. So red is probably a bit more aggressive in how they get stuff done, a bit more competitive um, and perfectionistic, whereas green are a bit more passive um, go along with everyone, you know, people pleasing. And what we're looking for with conscious human leadership is more of a blue style, which is really that exactly what you're saying constant evolution, trying something else, um, having options is very strengths based rather than looking at weaknesses. And, um, you know, it's really about learning from the lessons and that. best leaders are ones that fail fast fail forward and you know if anything just make a lot of missteps and chalk it up as a lesson and go okay what else what next you know okay that Mm. didn't work so good Mm. and i think we need that flexibility now
1: don't we Uh, absolutely and and you know i think that everyone talks about the you know the blue bus and jumping on the blue bus The, the the great thing about the red and the green bus is you just have an appreciation for different people's styles i mean as you know i've been in an environment with a lot of um a lot of talent that's been very tech orientated you know and they mm. they would generally speaking um you know have high high per- perfection perfectionistic characteristics and yeah. um and you know they're, they're 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 a little bit um uh they, they, they you know avoid change you know sometimes a little bit in the green but it, it helped me with how i communicate and it helped them understand my style as well so I think you know um that growth mindset back to that you know the ability to 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 understand a bit about yourself to understand and be open to different styles of others but also try try some try some different things yourself in terms of your ability to engage with with like a range of different people and and I think what's going to drive this is that you know the the future of work the working from home hybrid um, will really challenge a range of styles. A leader will have to have a lot of things in their toolbox because to engage someone in a gallery online to get the best out of them will take a different, different set of tools or a different set of skills from a leader than it will be if they're face-to-face and they're, they're having a meeting at work. And, and leaders are going to find themselves in all of those different environments in, 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 in now, now and one style, one playbook, um, yeah. will will really it, it's it's going to miss the mark.
0: Absolutely. And it's that emotional intelligence and also acceptance of what is. Um, but the more, as you say, we have this hybrid of working from home, working from the office, you know, blended, um, the more distractions there are for people. And so it is kind of like how do we get focus? How do we bring people on board? And I think What I love about the blue style that we talk about in the white paper is that it's about integration. It's the integration of that whole self and, you know, firing up the passion of the humans that work for you and actually tapping into that because we can get 30, 40% more productivity out of people without... Um, you know, draining them when they're on their sweet spot and when they're being self actualized and have achievement and are moving towards something. Um, And so I guess to finish off talking about that passion and enthusiasm, um, what are you most excited about right now? You know, you're on a number of boards and you're out there making a difference in the business world and um, no doubt being a mentor and someone that others are looking up to. What are you excited about? You know,
1: pre-pandemic, um, there wasn't as overtly a focus on people and culture as I think there is now. And whilst it has always been, I think, you know, someone someone a C-suite executive has had a seat around the table at all different levels, some CEOs really do have HR as a uh, as you know, a, a, an advisor in the inner circle. I really think that shift because everyone we're in this war for talent, so so called war for talent. Because you can get talent now; um, the the geographic boundaries are um, um, uh, are just you know false constructs. You can you, you, you can get talent from and source talent from everywhere. Um, but retaining talent and attracting talent is on the lips, I think, of every executive and every board. Mm-hmm. Um, So, what I'm most excited about now is that people and culture is, in fact, and should be the most important item in the thinking of boards and of executives. Mm -hmm. So, tech is important, accounting is important, legal is important, engineering is important, supply chain is important, all of those things are about people and about culture. And and failures in those areas will often and most of the time be related in and around either people churning through the business or not having the right talent. So what I'm most excited about is this genuine spotlight, albeit a challenge for boards and executives, but on people and culture.
0: Yeah, 100%. percent Like I'm fist-pumping in the air. (laughs) You're you're singing from our... From our song sheet, or should I say, our white paper, and I think exactly that—that culture is where it's at. Um, Culture, leadership development, the values of an organisation, and being more conscious really are that sweet spot that's going to make a difference in the future. And so, gaining a high level of mastery in building trust, in engaging and working with other humans is going to be the biggest asset a leader can have in future. And we don't just talk about superficial leadership or saying you care about people, or we have a flexible workplace practice. This is, you know, a very conscious decision to lead with people first, and to shift away from some of the previous kind of leadership styles that were always revered and I think the more people turn to this style the ripple effect will go far and wide and that's where you'll get high staff retention you'll get people wanting to work with you you will get greater collaboration and that's where I always say business can really solve the problems of the world we're experiencing a lot of problems at the moment. And if we just thought about how we can put that together and how other companies and organisations can work together, we can literally solve these issues ourselves. So um, I'm super delighted to have shared some space and time with you today. I hope our audience has loved hearing some of your stories and how you're making an impact and what you're seeing out in the world. Any final words or things you want to share with people before we um, close off? Well,
1: two things. One is that um, I'm sure that CEOs, boards, board directors and 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 leaders um, see this, some see it as terrifying to be able to um. Mm. You know, to 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 put the suit away or put the playbook down, and open up to um, to, to to some some different thinking, some challenges. Um, so, so, whilst I'm energised about it, and you you're very natural at it, I, I I can understand why some people find it terrifying. But you know, the the outcomes will be worth the effort in, in 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 opening up your mind and 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 just exploring what it is that you can do as an individual that then has such an impact on your people and on your on your business and on your ecosystem mm-hmm. that um that 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 has this ripple effect the second thing is i think boards are grappling with the same issue you know it, whether yeah. you're a board director um or a ceo i mean and and your chair and your ceo your directors are there to help the ceo but um, but but boards also need to put the playbook away. That you know um, governance is super important. But you know in terms of line of sight and understanding what what really drives the culture of your business. You know getting getting a, a good relationship with the CEO, but also having some some. Um, you know, it's some, some uh, litmus tests within the business. It gives you some good line of sight about people and culture. That that's a that's an evolving space as well. You know, board directors not getting involved in management, but but having good line of sight so they can get a real real um, temperature on 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 people and on the people and culture
0: of the business. Mm, yeah, amazing. And I think to round out, you and I started before we even hit record on this interview, just sharing and catching up on each other's lives and talking about how we have some better life-work synergy than perhaps we've had in the past where we were so corporately driven pre-COVID. And I think that's the way of the future, and I'm continually reminded of what Richard Branson said once about there's no life and there's no work, it's all just living. And I think the more we can be conscious about the fact that the humans that work for us have lives outside of work and the more we can engage the passions and their um, insights, the more we will have better whole humans who um, are more enlightened, more fulfilled, are happier, are growing and um, go on to be better employees, better leaders themselves. And, you know, what an amazing world that would be. So thank you for all you do and your contributions to the world, Sam. Um, Thanks for sharing today. It's been awesome.
1: Thank you so much. Always lovely to see you and um, thanks so much for having me.
0: Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Until next time when we bring another conscious leader to you, have a great day. Bye for now.